This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sir. The host with the most. People say that. I've heard one young person. One young person did say that. What's up, man? What's up with the what's up? Um, UFC 270 was this weekend, huh? We got to... We got to recap that. We have a week off of fights. My brain is scrambled. Uh, my Cincinnati Bengals are in the AFC Championship. I cannot believe I'm even saying that. It is absolutely crazy to me. Yes, we won one playoff game. That was amazing. I collapsed. I teared up. Then we go and play the number one seed in Tennessee, and we beat them. 19-16, to 16, going to the AFC Championship. That's one game away from the Super Bowl. I, it's, it's, I can't, I'm almost, I, I, I can't believe it. I, I literally, this is what I've been my whole life for. So what my whole life for? I talked really heavy last week about my love for the Bengals and how much I love them. And I, I don't need to rehash that. I'm a hardcore Bengals fan. They're in the AFC championship game. Holy fucking shit. Uh, and we got, we got the chiefs chiefs this Sunday, three o'clock, uh, good weekend to have off UFC because I I tell you what, uh, we'll get into I didn't bet this weekend. We'll get into why and all that shit. But I went seven to four in my picks. I lost the belt to Tim. Tim had a great week. Tim picked the shit out of this card, but uh, I did lose the strap last week. I went three four seven, so I did re- redeem myself in my picks. But I got to be honest with you, I've never been here before in January where usually my sports world is filled with just MMA. And I don't really follow NBA. I don't follow baseball that much unless the Reds are doing good. I've admitted that I am a Fairweather Reds fan, you know, but I don't play follow basketball. Any. I love football. I love the Bengals. They're my team. So I've never been in this position while doing the podcast, them being in the playoffs and them winning. I've never been in that position in my life. I mean, technically I have, but not really. So this is new for me. I'm a little distracted. Uh, um, and... Uh, we'll get into why I didn't gamble this weekend, you know, first time and, and man, a long time, maybe since vacation, maybe since the baby. Um, I've always found a way to get down to Indiana. Cause the first time listening, you guys know, I live in Ohio sports betting is legal, but we don't have anything set up yet. So it's going to take some time, but sooner or later we'll be able to, we'll be able to get it, get it going. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't gamble this weekend. I probably would have lost my, my shirt. Cause I only had like four bets. I wanted to place, and I would have lost all. We'll get into it. But first and foremost, the reason I didn't gamble, you know, I, I'm transparent with the audience. Um, you, you know, you guys are along this ride with me. Is my 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 uh, father-in-law, my my wife's real father. Both me and my wife are parents of divorce, and we have stepfathers. And uh, so I refer to both as my father. But my father-in-law, who is my wife's real dad, obviously, he uh, when he first uh, we first got married, first moved in this home, like he was he was the guy that came up. He he knows he you know, builds houses with his hands, like he knows his shit. You know, on a scale of one to ten of how handy I was, I think I was a three because I could hang up and mount a TV in five minutes flat. I can do it three minutes flat now. If you want to fucking time me, you can time me. That was my thing. Mounting TVs is, is you know I you know that might not seem a lot, but I had buddies that couldn't do that. They probably had to pay a guy to do it. I don't got to do that. But um, that was my extent. So when we first moved in, he was here all the time. He redid our bathroom. We put the new doors in. And, you know, we learned. I learned a lot. I asked a lot of questions because I'm a homeowner now. You know, I needed to fucking figure it out. But over the past year or so, probably a year and a half, you know, he's been kind of not. He's been a little distant. We haven't really seen him much. And it's so unfortunate. You know, uh, 
I like the guy, love the guy, you know what I mean, and, and like having him around. But you know that he just he's kind of a he does his own thing, a little bit of a lone wolf, does his own thing, kind of you know, and and he's been that way for a while. And then uh, we got a call on Tuesday, I think maybe Wednesday, that he was in the hospital with uh, kidney failure. His sister, uh, better known as my wife's aunt, called. And, it's, you know, my wife was devastated, obviously, because she hasn't seen her dad in, in a while and hasn't talked to him. And, of course, when things like this happen, you immediately feel guilt. Like, oh, my God, what if this is the end? And I haven't talked to him, and I could have made more an effort. I mean, you obviously blame yourself. That's what everyone does. That's what I did when my dad died. Um, so it's just it was just tough for it, you know. And we, we couldn't get information because COVID. You know, we all want to go up there, but there's only one person allowed a day, not at a time, a day. So say my wife checks in at like 11, when she leaves, no one else can come see him. So it took a few days to kind of iron out because, you know, he has a family, he has brothers and sisters. They wanted to, they want to see him. And then Erica's brother went, his son went the day before uh, Erica did and, and my wife, Erica. And then she went and, and, you know, she just, it was hard on her. It's tough. You know what I mean? It's, you know, he, he's having some kidney problems because of over-the-counter medication that he's been taking for years and years and years. You, you know, and his potassium levels were crazy high, so he got put on dialysis. He has emphysema because he, he's a chain smoker, so now they're worried about his lungs. Um, he was in the ICU for two nights, and then now he's in, like, just a, a regular room. Uh, I have a feeling that, you know, after the update we got today that they might release him, and he has to do dialysis every other day. To get his kidneys pro- working function and the or functionally properly, whatever. Excuse me, and then they um <clears throat> then they're giving him antibiotic for his for his, his lungs. They got to get him stronger. He's really skinny, like he's six two ish. Uh, and the pictures I saw of him back in the nineties, he's a well put together guy, and he's just you know since I've known him, he's been a pretty skinny guy. But uh, Erica, my wife, when she went and saw him, <clears throat> said he was just skin and bones, like you know because. He hadn't been eating. He hadn't been going to the bathroom. He's obviously having some, his body was shutting down. So wasn't function properly. He couldn't pee. And they're worried about that. Cause that shit can like back up. And there's just, um, there's a lot to worry about. There's a lot, a lot of concerning things. And, uh, and, um, you know, we, um, uh, it was tough. You know what I mean? So, so wife was, you know, Saturday, obviously she went and saw him and had to work a little bit. I was with the kids. I couldn't run down there by the time, like everything kind of, I was going to go Friday, but then, you know, she was there Friday with him as well. And then um, I was going to go Sunday morning and then I couldn't go. And, you know, and it's not that big of a deal because, you know, it is what it is. Just gambling. You know, I hate giving out picks and stuff when I don't play them myself because I went seven, four of my picks, uh, one and two of my locks or one and three out of my locks. It was not great. I want to give out winners. But, you know, this this kind of hit us a little by surprise. You know what I mean? I mean, so it sucks, you know, and um yeah, so Ivan, you know, he has a he has a hospital phone. He has a, he has his phone. I called him like fifteen times that night, and he finally got back to me, texted me, uh, because no one we couldn't get a hold of him, and his phone died. But uh, eventually, he got back to me, and you know, I'm not a quitter. I've never been a quitter at anything. You know, I've been doing this podcast for three years now. I have 287 followers on Twitter. That's it. My numbers have plateaued. I get ten views on my YouTube. But guess what? Not only am I not quitting at this, I fucking love it. So get used to seeing my face. This is what I love to do, right? You know what I mean? And it's also that mentality, I don't quit. And he was having a rough day on Saturday or Friday. And he kind of was like telling his sister, you know, and and, and our uh, my wife's aunt called her up and was crying her eyes out. He was saying, he's done. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. You know, it's just blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, that didn't sit well with me. <clears throat> so I try, to, I try to bite my tongue. Try to play cool. Try to go, you know, whatever. And, you know, they're, they're very religious. You know, they, they lean on God. You know, they think it's God's plan. That God will heal them. I'm not a guy to ever poke hole what, what you believe in. You can believe in whatever you want. That is fine by me. And some people need that. And maybe that maybe that will help them. Maybe it will. I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and tell you it doesn't. But what I know is, is he's needs a kick in the ass because it's we're too early in. It's the first quarter and you're giving up. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, I didn't like that. So I fired off a text and, you know, we have a pretty good relationship. Him and I, I haven't talked to him in a while, but we have a pretty good relationship. But I sent off a very fired up football coach at halftime speech with some explicit, you know, some cuss words. You know, I dropped some F but and now, oh, no, 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 I did not drop N bombs. I never drop N bombs. Holy shit. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. I dropped some F bombs and we, you know, he doesn't cuss a lot. You know, we don't cuss around each other a lot, but I want to let him know how fucking serious I am. Never text me back. I hope he reads it. And I hope, you know, I did this yesterday. I hope it, you know, everyone's telling them, okay, you know, you know, we'll pray for you. That's fine. How about you get off, get out of that fucking bed and do it yourself. You know what I mean? That's what I want. That's what I want to see. No, I don't want this quitting shit. You know what I mean? So, but today just got off the phone with the, 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 his sister, our aunt, our aunt, I guess our aunt, right? I'm married into it. And, um, they put up, you know, essentially it sounds like they're prepping him ready to leave. He's going to stay with her. We offered him to stay here. Uh, the, the, his son, my, my brother-in-law, he was going to stay there, but he's, he's going to stay with his sister. She's got a bigger house, bigger room. And, um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we're fighting it. So that's, that's, that's the family issue. Again, I want to be transparent with you guys. Keep, you know, whatever, whatever you do, whatever kind of positive energy you want to send his way. That's fine. If you want to send prayers, that's the way you do it. That's cool. Good vibes. Well wishes, thoughts. Whatever it is, just send it his way. He needs it. Um, he's a good, great guy. You know what I mean? Father of two, grandchildren of four. We need him around. We need him around. And uh, and he's going to be around. I, I, You know, he just needs to do it. And we're, and we're going to make him do it. So that is the reason I didn't get the bet. But, you know, not to get all heavy, let's let's transition to some some, some fights. Let's get in, let's get in some fights. So... Uh, my, my slime ball parlay, which I didn't get out again, I'm a little rusty in the beginning of the year, the month off I'm, I'm slacking on everything. I kind of want to change everything up. I want to get new graphics. I want to do new things. And, you know, I, I bought Photoshop and I want to learn these different things and try to go to a different direction because whatever I have been doing before is not working. I want to stream more. I want to put out more content. And since the beginning of the year, I have just been falling. Like I'm rusty, right? So I didn't put out my slime ball. My slime ball would have been Jack Della Madalena. Uh, he was my mortal lock. I was super confident in him. It would have been Elia Topora and Honey Barcelos. Topora pulled out because of weight cutting issue. We'll get to that. That's kind of bitch made shit. You know what I mean? I love big made shit. Um, and then so my replacement would have been Frivola. So it would have been Frivola, uh, Della Mandalina, and then Honey Barcelos. So I would have lost my slime ball because there's not a world where I don't see me putting Honey Barcelos in there because. He was a huge favorite. I thought I, I thought he was going to win. You know, Victor Henry was a guy that I did see staple on. I saw him fight in Japan. I wasn't blown away by him, and he showed out. He showed that fucking vet, that guy that's been around for a while. Good luck taking me out. And he's got chin for fucking days. Barcelos, he broke Barcelos, uh, essentially. He broke him, and, and Barcelos was not expecting that kind of fight. Let me take a drink here. So that would have been my slime ball. 
would have lost that, but I didn't place it. I would have had Francis. I did see on Friday Francis was plus 200 on FanDuel, boosted by knockout. I would have probably put a half unit. I think 50 is the max you can do on the boosted stuff. Um, I would have put 50 bucks on that. Would have lost that. You didn't win by knockout. And then uh, what other fight did I like? Um, Giles was my underdog lock. I might have played him. Obviously, he lost. We all, we've all saw that. And then I think that was really it. I think those are the only really – oh, and Moreno by finish. Moreno by – I was going to play all my locks. Moreno by finish as well. So I would have lost my shirt. I would have lost everything. I mean, I, I probably would have messed around and took – you know, I was going to do a, a and still um, parlay with Moreno and Naganu, uh in a parlay defending the titles. I would have lost that. You know, there's a lot of different ways I could have went with it. But let's just say I would have lost this weekend. So, you know, didn't get to place the bets. So, sorry. But – um, what I was going to do, I was thinking all week because I, you know, first time listening, you know, this is going to be new to you. If not, I'm sorry. I keep repeating stuff. But in December last fight, I was up. I don't know if I was up on the year, but I had money in my account. Right. So I took it out, right. Took it out, bought the kids customer gifts or whatever. And I had some money left over. So I, you know, deposited it back in last week. I was going to go with a new book again. It, mo- mo- most of my friends, most of my, my, my gambling partners, they do multiple books for multiple lines. That's like a pro shit. When I get legal Ohio sports betting, that's what I'm going to do because they'll have free rolls, they'll have free plays, everything like that. But driving Indiana, trying to play multiple books, I get a little scatterbrained. So I kind of got to focus on one. So I was going to switch to DraftKings, but I, I went back to FanDuel and deposited back in Fandle. Lost 1.43 units last week, right? We t- we went over that. This week, you know, I had a little bit left because I had just bought uh, UFC Columbus tickets. I'm going March 26th, baby. Columbus, Ohio. Tickets are secured. If you want to come hang out, if you're in the Ohio area, if you're in the Midwest, come to Columbus. We'll have a beer, even though I don't drink. Let me say something, by the way. I've said this at work before. Like, oh, yeah, sorry, I don't drink or whatever. And people kind of look at me like, oh, okay. So, and I don't really give a shit, right? That, you know, here's the thing. I don't have any kind of alcoholic problem. Uh, Never, I've done drugs. So I'm not a dependent on anything. I'm not an addict. I'm not, you know, a guy that can't control himself. I have a bitch-made stomach is what one of my friends said. So I used to like drinking four or five beers and being loosey-goosey, maybe a little less than that because I'm a kind of a lightweight. If, you know, Even though I'm a big, thick fucking boy, I'm a little bit of a lightweight. So maybe like three beers, get you on loose and have a good night. I love doing that, right? I never really love getting wasted because those were, the, those were the rough ones, right? Those were the mornings where you're like, want to kill yourself. But I, it just doesn't agree with me. Three beers, I, I, I shit hot for three days and possibly throw up, like, Alcohol just does not agree with my my bitch made stomach. So when I say I don't drink, it's not because of any kind of weird issue. Not saying that alcoholism is weird. It's just like I don't have that. So don't give me a fucking look like oh, this guy doesn't drink. What are you some part of car? What are you a Mormon? How are you call, call? What's going on? Let me just clear the air, okay? I'm a bit. I have a bitch made stomach. Essentially, what it is. But if you go to Columbus, March 26, and you see your boy. I'll buy you a beer, right? We'll have a beer. We'll talk. You know, I, I can do that. I can do that. Hang out with you guys. I don't know how many people listen to this that are anywhere near here that that, that don't know me that are going, but tickets are secured. So I, I dipped into the gambling fund to buy those tickets, and I didn't buy cheap ones. You know what I mean? Two tickets. The wife and I are going. We're making a weekend of it. About 650 bucks, right? Not each. 
you know, that was total, right? I'm, I mean, I can't do 650 each for a ticket. I mean, come on, guys. So anyway, funds are running low, and I was going to have to start dipping into my own fucking bank account to start paying for this. So full disclosure, full transparency, I had $350 left. 350 bucks ready to um, go on on this card. Go all in, right? And and my gambling philosophy is just chip away, right? Obviously, you want to hit the big parlays. You want to hit the six to ones. You want to hit the underdogs. They're risky though, right? That's fun to play that when you have a good size bankroll where when you lose a chunk because you took a shot, it hurts, but it doesn't make you flat broke. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm more of a safe guy. So obviously I was looking at the slime ball parlay, but there was there was a time where I literally was like, what if I put 150 my own money in, right? Real money. Because uh, it's all real money, but like actually from savings or bank account, make it 500 bucks and go all in on Jack De La Manalena. Because I was so embarrassed last week that I lost my moral lock <clears throat> that I was very confident in Jack Della. And, and it's obviously easy sitting sitting here now because he looks so good and he dominated, knocked him out in the first round. But if you go back and listen to the tape, I was very confident. Obviously, Pete Rodriguez has a lot of a lot of power, but he's 4-0, fought no one, never went over two minutes, and he's never fought anyone like Dallin Molina. Dallin Molina is going to be tough. I mean, he's got a lot of, uh, I mean, he's only, he's only had 13 fights. He's 11-2. Got a lot to prove still. His boxing's fantastic. His cardio looks great. His pace looks great. His toughness is there. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks on the ground game. There's a lot of question marks on, on it. could he do that for three rounds, which he did on the contender series, but the UFC's a different beast. There's a lot of questions. Anyway, I was so confident it's more lock. I was willing to go because he was 330, right? So 350 would have won me a unit. If I put 3.5 units on it, it would have won me a unit. And I was like, what if we just go 500? Because I couldn't do 1,000 because I thought about it. I'm like, if I lose that, I mean, I'm confident, but if I lose, if I put in, like, you know, 650 of my own money and I lose, the wife's going to start sniffing around going, what the fuck are you on? So I'm like, I think I could do 150 and make it five and then take the five and then win about almost two units, one and a half, whatever it is, you know, one point, whatever the fuck. I can't do the math. I almost did that. That that, that was a real, just one bet, mortal lock. That's it. Just to get some units back, just to get back on the winning track. And I probably would have been the smart move to do because my slime ball fell to waste. Um, I would have lost all my money if I did that. My other props that I liked, you know, I'm trying to work better on the props than the Ghani, the Moreno, those, those fell apart. But that was a real fucking play. I thought about that a lot Thursday and Friday at work. Friday, I'm, I'm, I'm looking in FanDuel and I'm crunching the numbers. And, and then I get a little, you know, you get that little, you know, I'm not a fucking professional gambler. So w- when you're going multi units, I get that little sweaty. You know what I mean? You get it's like I guess people call it flop sweat. Just a little bit of sweat you get on your fingers and maybe your head or maybe your you know my big old belly button or something. You get a little bit of sweat, and you're like, man, this makes me nervous, but it's dangerous. But you like it, you know what I mean? It's like I feel like a girl that's dating a bad boy. You know what I mean? Listen to music that scares her. She likes it. All right, let's get to the fights. You know, it was an okay card. I mean, some fights were great. Some fights were just okay to me. Um, again, I went seven to four of my picks. Timbo is your champion. Congratulations, Tim Mitchell. That fucking... I only tease. He picked a fantastic card. You know what I mean? Um, 
And uh, yeah, he deserved it. He deserved it. He picked a good card. He took some chances. Didn't have any really too many square plays here. And um, lost his mortal lock, switched his mortal lock to Pereira. And uh, yeah, won the whole thing. But his his big win was a couple of the underdog heads. But let's go to the main event. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gan. Francis Ngannou won by decision. Underdog win. First underdog uh, pick of the year for me. Uh, that won, actually, excuse me, that, that, that actually won. Um, and a lot of people kind of hating on Francis a little bit. There's a lot of weird contract negotiation, which we'll get to. Uh, and I, and maybe for some people, I might have a surprising take on that. But um, I thought he looked, he had to do what he had to do. He came out, right? He's got bad knees. He wore the knee braces. I texted the boys immediately because I heard the rumors on Reddit that he blew his fucking knee out and he was in bad shape. Not bad shape, like physically, but like his knees were in bad shape. And they, it was true. He he tore his MCL and, and partially hurt his ACL. I don't know if it's the same knee, different knee, whatever. Came with the knee pads. And they said, and they said on the broadcast, which I'm so glad they addressed it on the broadcast, because it is rumors that are floating around from some pretty good sources. And they're like, what does he get a wrestle? I look those compression sleeves must he must feel com- comfortable wearing those with the knee injuries because he's not gonna wrestle. I think Cormier said that. Rogan said that. Well, he fucking wrestled, and he and he looked goddamn good doing it. So first two rounds were all gone. Gone was just doing what he does, point fighting, landing some kicks, landing some uh, body stuff. Nothing doing crazy. Looked pretty scared of Francis' hands because he's been in there before. Francis looked a little tick slow in the normal with his hands. Um, Francis didn't land much on top. Couple jabs, couple you know, a uh, couple chef luck folks that were blocked. He was going for an uppercut for a while. First two rounds gone for sure. Third round comes out, Gon throws like kind of like a knee or a kick, and Naganu catches him and fucking body slams him. Just straight. WWF. Body slam style. And when he got on top, Gon's moving pretty good. It's third round. They're still both pretty in, you know, good shape at this point. You know, Gon, uh, Gon's mouth busted a little bit from the jabs or whatnot. But when Francis got on top and Gon, and Gon was kind of, you know, shrimping him to his back and trying to get his knees in there, Ngannou was like, I'm, I feel good here. I feel in control. Like, Ngannou was clearly the much superior athlete and, and stronger fighter. That's my, my daughter crying. I don't know what she's crying about. I got to get soundproof door. She is loud, dude. She, I got, I got noise-canceling headphones on, even though I have a mic on. I have a pretty thick door. I got soundproof in this room, just a little bit, not all of it. And she's still piercing through here. I apologize, listeners. You should not have to listen to a one-year-old cry because I don't want to listen to a one-year-old cry. Um, but um, God knew off his back, or excuse me, and God knew, I got this guy. And then he really switched up his game plan because he was a tick behind on the stand-up. Cyril Gaon is much cleaner, moves a lot, and Gaon used the bigger guy and the stronger guy and has fucking practice grappling. I thought he was going to go for a guillotine for a little bit. The one thing I wish Ngannou went for, and this is just a little nitpicky thing, is I know it's position over submission, but I do I did wish there was a couple times where, and I know Gon's a big boy, and, and, and he did pretty well on the ground, even though he got kind of exposed with his takedown offense because, you know, not, not a lot of people have taken him down. He, off his back, I thought he looked pretty good. Just Francis is just so fucking big, right? Um, but Ngannou, cardio held up, and... The one thing I wish he would have done is maybe punch a little more. Maybe got more of a dominant position. There's a couple times he had mount, a couple times where he could have rode the back. Um, that could be inexperienced. That could be I'm not giving up this position. I don't want to scramble. That's tiring. Uh, let me just punch when I can. But I think if he rained down his big fucking Frankie murder hands, he could have maybe got a finish, maybe a TKO. Uh, but I enjoyed the the 
The fight itself fell flat a little bit, but I enjoyed Ngannou's performance. I thought he really showed an evolution in his game that we've all kind of wanted to see if he took that next step since the Stipe one fight or whatever. Is he just a knockout artist or whatever? And he's not. So Ngannou got a three and uh, Gon got a two. Seems kind of harsh because I was just very positive to Ngannou. And again, I filled these out on fight night. Very, very positive Ngannou. And I only gave him a three. So I must have not been that fucking impressed. But as far as the the, the contract disputes go, I was going to do a video last week. And then everything happened. The father-in-law kind of fell apart. I, have, I had notes and I had things written down. Um, Bastion Francis Ngannou about this contract negotiation, right? And it's not about, and I think I brought it up on the podcast, it's not about money. I want the guy to get paid. It's about the whole boxing thing, right? That that the leverage isn't there for me. But I think I flip sides. I'm I'm I've been described to some people on Sure Dog Forums as a Nate Dana nut hugger, hugger, excuse me. I'm a UFC shill, you know what I mean? Because I, I typically agree with that side of the promotion. I do. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not a fighter's first kind of guy sometimes. So, because sometimes I think fighters are a little unrealistic. Agani wanting to get paid a couple million dollars isn't unrealistic considering what the UFC makes. That's not unrealistic. 100% not. But what's unrealistic is the boxing thing. However, Agani, I thought, handled himself this week with pretty, pretty good class. And his agent works for CAA, which is the biggest agency next to who owns the UFC Endeavor. So there's a little bit of that. I think that's where Dana said, oh, because right when Naganyu got the, the agent, I think Dana was like, yeah, yeah. he's kind of like a diva now, right? And I'm sure Naganyu had a little bit of moment in his life when he became a star where he had a little bit, you know, he dyed his hair blonde. He maybe, maybe had a little bit of a, a diva-ish moment or whatever, making some money or whatever. I don't know. But I think that comment was said because of who his agent was. And then Naganyu wins. Right, it's not the a barn burner of a fight, but I thought it was entertaining. It was a high level heavyweight fight, and Naganyu switched it up, showed he's well rounded, showed he can be a problem because he can wrestle now and his cardio held up for five rounds, and he can still knock you the fuck out. And uh, Dana wouldn't go in there and put the belt on him, and then Dana wouldn't go to the post fight press conference. Seems kind of petty, right? And I hate to agree with Ariel Hawani because Hawani is going to dick rod Naganyu because he gets the interviews from him because. I think Hawani is represented by CAA and anything, anything negative towards Endeavor and Dana, he's going to fucking love that. Right. That's like his, that's like his thing. I don't know what happened to the journalist integrity. Um, when, uh, that's basically why you lost your career, uh, because someone told you you Brock Lesnar lose and you couldn't wait to break it, um, because you're a journalist, but now you're nut hugging and riding everyone that's opposed to Dana. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, seems hypocritical, but I do agree with him. I think that's so petty that Dana did that. And I'm a Dana guy. I like Dana a lot, but I mean, you know what I mean? That's, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, UFC's kind of got him by the balls. I think Christian looked into his contract and Christian told me like, win or lose, the UFC owns this guy for, you know, the way the contract's set up. I know there's obviously like a champion clause and, and I remember front row Brian at, at the Oracle. I don't know what his name is on Twitter anymore. Used to be front row Brian, very smart, intelligent guy. He said, like, the way the contract's laid out is the same thing. It's like, there's no championship clause, but he can't just go run off and box. Like, he he can't do that. Um, and I think they want that in the new contract. They want him to be able to go box and the UFC not touch it. I don't see that happening, right? You know what I mean? I want the guy to get paid, negotiate and get your millies. You know what I mean? You deserve it. You're the world heavyweight champion, the baddest man on the planet in MMA. I think in any real fight, you beat Tyson Fury, just not in a boxing match. Boxing is a different sport. Don't fuck with those beasts over there. Don't fuck with those guys, man. 
Devison Vigado versus Brandon Moreno. Awesome fight. Um, I gave both guys a four. I thought it was very close. I thought Figgy won. I had Moreno. I picked him. Obviously, didn't bet him. But I would have bet him by sending him home. I thought Moreno had his number. He came in super confident. That second fight, Figueroa just seemed lost. I thought Moreno was going to get only better and drown him more. Figueroa came out very, very calm, picked his shots, and uh, I thought that was a great game plan. Now, for Moreno, I kept saying, I think I tweeted it, I texted to the guys, I thought Moreno should have pressed more. I thought Moreno should have thrown more combinations, maybe pressed for the takedowns. He waited as just as much as Davison did. He waited for the big shot to try to counter. Moreno, I thought, would have been better leading. And when he did lead, he did well. I think the problem with this fight was for Moreno was in that third round, Moreno has a chin from hell, right? Crazy chin. And he was so confident coming in this fight. He was so confident that he, t- he took Davison's best punch that he probably can't get hurt by him, right? Davison landed a clean I'm talking clean right hand and put Moreno down at the end of that third. And then I think that changed Moreno a little bit. I think that spooked Moreno because then they start staring at each other a little bit. And then during the exchanges, Moreno wasn't countering as well. His chin was still kind of in the air. And then Figueroa dropped him two more times after that, right? Figueroa had the power advantage. I think Moreno landed the more strikes. I didn't, I don't look, I don't know the stats, but I think Figueroa, uh, Figgy, Figueroa, I think he won the fight, landed more power. Had the opportunities to finish. They both landed some takedowns on each other. It was a high-level fight. I liked the fight. They both got fours. Very close. I heard some arguments that Moreno won the fight. I, you know, I don't I, I don't think so. I think Figgy won 3-2. I think it could have been an argument 4-1. It really, you know, who you talk to. But I thought Figueroa won this fight. Uh, he looked good, man. You know, hopefully he stays with Henry. Hopefully he, you know, I know I don't think he's going to move from Brazil. But hopefully every camp comes up to Arizona. And, and trains because he looked like a beast. His cardio was in shape. He got he got rattled too in the second fight when Moreno hit Figueroa and hurt him. Figueroa retreated and, and was nervous, right? Because I feel like 125ers had never been able to hurt him before. And the second fight that scared him. He's like, "Fuck, I'm in time. My legs are aren't with me anymore. What you know? And I'm not in shape for this. You know, this is a different beast." And then the second fight or third fight, excuse me, Moreno clipped him and definitely fucking jelly legged him and definitely straight legged him didn't drop him but definitely hurt him buzzed him and figure out oh retreat it but this time he calmed down he smiled he regrouped as he knew it was going to go away because he was in such good fucking shape i think that was the difference between this and the fact that he laid back he let the fight come to him he fought smart and it was a great performance both guys got a four i love this fight all right next up cody stamen oh well well my card's different let's go michelle Pereira versus andre Philo. Phil, just remember, guys, Chris Curtis beat this guy. T killed him to the body. He looked good for his debut. Tough guy. Won the first round. Busted up Pereira's nose. Pereira came out the second round and, and started tagging him more. Went to the body more with kicks and punches. Slowed Phil down. Third round, Phil looked refreshed. It was very competitive up until the very end where I edged it for Pereira. I thought it was 29-28 Pereira on my card. Uh, very entertaining fight. Pereira got a three. Uh, Phil got a three. I thought both guys... Look good. Giving a lot of just even numbers to uh, on Saturday night, huh, Brian? A lot of guys look good. They both were very evenly matched. If they fight 10 times, I can see Prayer maybe winning six. Fijo won a four, maybe seven to three. Um, I think Prayer is just going to be a step ahead of him right now. But Fijo, great debut, fought a tough fucking dude in his debut. 
has a good record, has fought a lot of good guys, has good striking, um, but he's susceptible to the body. That's how Chris hurt him, and that's Pereira hurt him that too. They didn't drop him, whatever, but definitely froze him up and definitely slowed him down with some of the body stuff. So maybe clean that up. I think he's at uh, with Henry Hoof. So maybe clean that up a little bit uh, to the body. And uh, I think Fiho can be a player at 170. Good addition to the UFC. Definitely UFC worthy. Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Cody Stamen. This is a fucking massacre. The only bet I made on Saturday night was a, a friendly bet. Not really friendly. 20 buck bet with Christian. We did it on the podcast. I had Saeed. He had Cody. I liked Cody earlier in the week. Then I switched to Saeed. We haven't seen him in a while. Um, you know, he, he's no relation to Khabib, but he's like, I think he trains with like Zabit and, or at least he used to in Jersey, maybe he's in Dagestan, not really sure, but he's more of a striker. He's not really a, a, a grappling based guy. He came out lit fucking, uh, Stamen up and then took his neck and under a minute could have stamen has been in there with a lot of fucking good people. That just doesn't happen that quick. Caught him off guard, spinning back fist, spinning back kick, big punches, big kicks, body kicks. And Stamen rushed in for a choke because he just didn't, or excuse me, rushed in for a takedown because he didn't want to get kicked anymore. And Saeed said, yeah, I'm going to take that fucking neck, bruh. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the neck. And he did. And it was a great performance. I want to see this guy a little more active. He's interesting at 135. 135 is a fucking shark then. So let's get Saeed in there against some really good guys, and, and that'd be interesting. Next up, Michael Morales versus Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles let me down again. I didn't have a bet. I had him as an underdog pick. He ended up being my underdog lock because Wellington Terman and Vieira fell out. So I had to switch to my lock for Giles. Look good at 170 uh, on the scales at least and and, and look good um, standing up. But he hurt Morales with a right hand in the first minute and decides to clinch with the guy. Clinch was the guy who wants to grapple. Clinch is with the wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing, Giles, right? This is a guy who's winning records to have the best jab in the UFC. It looked like he was throwing double punches out there. Definitely not the best jab in the UFC. Um, and then, you know, he ran into, he got a little wild and ran into a big right hand from Morales. Morales is 22 years old. This kid is huge for 170, by the way. He dwarfed Giles, who, who was fought as high as 205, right? I know he's not, he wasn't the biggest 205 or biggest 85 but you would figure he'd be a little bit sized up at at uh, 170, Morales looked huge in there. 22 years old, undefeated kid, confident as ever, trains with uh, Brandon Moreno, and looked good. You know what I mean? Got a first-round knockout, ground and pound. You know, it was, it was hurt him, rocked him, like, multiple times. The ref gave Giles a million chances. And uh, Morales looked fucking good. You know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna keep my eye on this kid. I obviously picked against him because I'm an idiot, but Morales gets a four, Giles gets a two. Listen, Giles didn't look terrible. He made the weight. You know what I mean? I, I didn't give him a zero. I'm not going to be bitter, but he gets a two, right? He hurt him in the first round. Just need to work on a fight IQ. It's something in Giles' past, you know. Zach Cummings fight, fight IQ. Just all these losses come down to fight IQ, essentially, for Giles. Why are you clinching when you got the guy hurt? You know, go in and finish with punches. I, 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 I don't know. Victor Henry versus Hani Barcelos. Great fight. Victor Henry, de, uh, Henry. Victor Henry debuted. And he looked fucking good. He's been all over the Japan scene. Uh, Barcelos got a two. Victor Henry got a four. I don't think anyone got a five. I don't think I gave anyone a five. I'm being honest with you. But Victor Henry got a four. Taking a fight on short notice. Fighting Barcelos, who's a fucking killer. He was a six to one favorite or whatever the fuck it was. Crazy. Biggest favorite on the card. I think Victor Henry was the biggest underdog on the card. Maybe. I think Joe Rogan said that. So let's say it's true. 
And he looked good. He looked poised in there, man. He took some big shots, some good uppercuts, and he got hit with some big shots. Rolled with a lot of them. His cardio was on point. You know, he's good on the ground, so Barcelos was a little hesitant to go to the ground. Barcelos started wearing it. His nose was fucked. His mouth was fucked. His body was getting beat up. And then Barcelos hung in there for three rounds. But, you know, this isn't like the worst quitting I've ever seen. But it was pretty evident that Victor Henry broke him down, and Barcelos said, man, why didn't I take this fight again? You know what I mean? What? And I've, I've been putting in work in the OC. This guy's getting his debut against me, and I got to fight this guy. You know, Victor Henry, you know, not the biggest power in the world. Um, good on the ground. I, I'm interested to see what happens at 135. He's 34 years old. He, he And he said a good post-fight interview. Knows the time is now. You know he's got to get it done. So I'm, I'm looking to see who they match up with him next because he does have a really well-rounded game. I just thought Barcelos was was a difference maker. I thought his power was different. I thought his wrestling, jiu-jitsu was different. He did take Henry down a few times, but Henry, good crafty off his back, and Barcelos didn't look like he wanted to be there. It looked like he wanted to knock out Henry, and he went for it. He went for the knockout, just couldn't get it because Henry has a great chin and rolled with a lot of shots, saw him coming, and then uh, and then battled back. Next up, Jack Della Milana. Della Milena. Della Milana. Jack Della Milena. Madalena, that Madalena, that's got to be it, right? Jack Della, Madalena, Christian yelled at me first. I got to say this guy's name because he might be one of my guys coming up. He gets a four. Now, this should be a five-star performance, but I took into account who he fought. Pete Rodriguez, 4-0, knocking out fucking cab drivers in Mexico. You know, I can't, you know... Jack looked great and did what he was supposed to do. Yes, Pete Rodriguez has power. He is dangerous. He could have caught Jack. He did hit him with a few things. But, I mean, come on. I can't give a guy five stars after beating Pete Rodriguez. I can't. I want to see more uh, De La Molina. I want to see more of him. I want to I want to root for him. I want to see him at 170. This is what happens. A guy comes off the contender series, and they fall on their face, and everyone says, fuck that guy, Right? Or they come and they win, and they look good on the contenders. Now they look good in the UFC, and everyone's like, ooh, here's a good fight, and they pair him with like a top 15 guy. Let's slow play this guy, right? Let's let's maybe get him in the card in March. You know what? Well, I don't know what, if he's injured or not, but let's get him in the London card. Maybe the Columbus card. I don't know. I'll be in attendance. Why not? Um, he's interesting at 170. I, li- I like this guy at 170. There's still some big question marks with him, but uh, I- I'm interested. And then and Pete gets a two. He showed up. He was a punching bag. You get you get two points for being a punching bag. Tony Gravely versus Salmon Oliveira. This fight, you know, Tony did what he had to do to win. Salmon jumped for fucking 40 guillotines. Buddy, it ain't working. Do something else. Switch it up. He didn't. Tony Gravely uh, did what he was supposed to do. Took this fight after, especially the Nate Manis fight. I did not see him taking any chances. That was Christian's mortal lock. Good mortal lock. We are on that side. He gets a three. Oliveira gets a one. Uh, Matt Frivola versus Gennardo Valdez. Frivola looked great. Valdez is a guy who probably shouldn't be in the UFC coming off the contender series. I know that sucks to say that. He's 10-0, but who is he beating? This is how he likes to fight. Scrappy, sloppy, uh, scrambly, and Frivola just fucking killed him like 10 times. Couldn't believe they didn't stop the fight earlier. Good for Vola after uh, after getting uh, knocked out by McKinney like that in like six seconds. I mean, what are you going to do? You got caught. And... um. And, uh, yeah, good rebound for Vola. He's a good dude. Good fighter. I don't know if he's a good dude. I have no idea. He's a good fighter and uh, doesn't take easy matchups, and he's, a, he's an exciting fighter. He's always going to be fun in there. And I didn't know he had that kind of crack in the power. The only thing that scares me moving forward is he did get buzzed a few times by Valdez. He has been slept a few times by people. If he's going to get happy with his hands, that scares me a little bit because then you're going you're gonna to get knocked out a little bit more. 
You got a long career, bud. Let's not let's you, know, you got a long career. Let's not let's not get knocked out every day. Uh, Vanessa Demo Paulus, I can't pronounce her name. Savannah Gomez Warriors. Warriors dropped uh, Demo. There you go, Demo right in the first round. And then uh, Demo battled back and, and submission with armbar. I missed this fight and I missed the first fight. I did not see Jasmine versus K. I read about it. K gets a one and Jasmine gets a two. And then uh, Demo gets a three and Gores gets a one. Um, I did not see a lot of these fights because the, the Bengals were still playing and they hit a game-winning field goal. So my apologies for not seeing this fight uh, for the first two fights. Again, I've never been here before. I don't know how to balance it yet, guys. Give me some time. I'll figure it out. All right. All right. I think that's the show. Nice little recap. Again, I don't want to have empty promises because it's probably not going to happen because I'm distracted with the bangles. We've got the family thing going on, but I do want to put more content out. I'm trying. I'm trying, everybody, um, because we're, we're, we're off this week. And then after this week, we got a fucking run of fights, uh, which I'm fucking very excited about. Anytime you, you tell me that it's like six or eight weeks straight of fights, that dick, that dick gets juicing a little bit. That, that, that pumping up a little bit because I get excited for that. I live for this shit. Okay, all I know is not this weekend because you know we're off next weekend. Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson. You know what? While we're here, before we go over, let's just kind of. And there's a Bellator Friday night as well, which is a pretty good card. We could probably go over that, but we don't got limited time, right? Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. Uh, final cards not finalized. It's all kind of all over the place. Um. I've looked at it, right, in, in a couple, a couple, not a couple. So Sean Strickland, Jack Manson, main event. Great main event. Sean Strickland, hard to take down. Jack Manson's got to get the fight to the ground. Interesting there. Poliana Soriano versus Nick Maximoff. Soriano, a stud, coming off his only loss. Maximoff's Nate Diaz's boy. Grappler extraordinaire. Little undersized 185, in my opinion. Soriano's a fucking stud. Be strong. What the fuck's going to happen in that fight? Uh, then you got Mark Andre Barut versus Chidi and Jukwe. Uh, Barut, I think someone tweeted out um, a guy I like that. He's minus 150 right now. I think that's a little low. I like that fight. Jason Witt versus Phil Rowe. Eh. Danilo uh, Marquez versus John Almeida. Eh. Miles John versus John Castareda. That's a good fight. Castareda is a guy that uh, I have a lot of respect for. Miles John's kind of on fire right now. Julian Rosa versus Steven Peterson. Superman Peterson, 19 9 record. Some of the worst tattoos ever, but he's covering his whole body with them. So what are you going to do? Julian Rosa, Juicy J, guy I like. That should be a banger for as long as it lasts. Hakeem Davo, Mike, Mike Trisano, fight that I like a lot. There's a guy in that fight, not going to name names. They get the guy in that fight that I have highlighted that I really like. Brian Battle versus Trisong Gore, the original, the real Ultimate Fighter finale. I'm glad they rebooked that. Trishon Gore is a freak athlete. Should be good. Malcolm Gordon versus Danae Bonder. Danae Bonder was supposed to debut, feels like, two years ago. I guess he's finally getting a shot at 125. Malcolm Gordon stinks. Sorry, Malcolm, you do. Shakat Rakamon versus Carlson Harrison. The best fight on the card. Maybe better than the main event. Maybe. Uh, Rock Rachmanov is is a fucking stud. 14-0. Carlson Harrison has come in the UFC and like the world on fire. He's incredible. 17-4. Great fight. Sam Alvey versus Phil Hawes. Interesting. Alvey used to be Chris Curtis's number one boy training partner. I did see Chris, or excuse me, Sam recently. Was he in Vegas or was was Sean in California? I can't remember. Him and Strickland used to train together, train together is what I'm trying to say. 
They've trained for Hollis before. Hollis seems like he's coming off pretty quick turnaround after getting knocked out. He's chinny. Alvis has power. Alvi has power. We'll see. And Alexis Davis versus Julia Storolenko. Storolenko stinks. I mean, stinks out loud. So I have no idea what she's doing in the UFC, but that's it. That's the show. That's going to be the next week. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. I don't know. Maybe get it, maybe brush my hair. So I just not look at myself in the camera. It is something. All right, that's it. That's the show. Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Woo! Woo! Come on, baby. Hey, little pal, we don't want you. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.